Welcome to our daily portion with WIT Ministries. I'm Matt Russell, and I'm the director of WIT Ministries. And at Walking in Truth Ministries, we want to help people to be able to live a more God-centered, God-focused life and uh, in every aspect of their life. So the purpose for this podcast is for us to really strengthen our biblical discipline of reading the Bible. So I'm going to read a scripture every day where I'm going to share a nugget about that scripture. And then I'm going to say a little prayer at the end. And that will be the entirety of our episodes for this podcast. Uh, Please feel free to check us out at walkingintruthministries.org. Or you can also check out our other podcast, which is Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. I hope that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses me. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our daily portion. Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at WinBig Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, Call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. Hebrews 9, the old and the new. Now even the first covenant had regulations of divine worship and the earthly sanctuary, for there was a tabernacle prepared, the outer one, in which were the lampstand and the table and the sacred bread. This is called the holy place. Behind the second veil, there was a tabernacle which is called the holy of holies, having a golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden jar holding the manna and Aaron's rod which budded, and the tables of the covenant, and above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. But of these things we cannot now speak in detail. Now when these things have been so prepared, the priests are continually entering the outer tabernacle, performing the divine worship. But into the second, only the high priest enters once a year, not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the sins of the people committed in ignorance." The Holy Spirit is signifying this, that the way into the holy place has not yet been disclosed while the outer tabernacle is still standing, which is a symbol for the present time. Accordingly, both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make the worshiper perfect in conscience, since they relate only to food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until a time of reformation. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood. He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ 
who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God. Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. For this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where a covenant is, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead, for it is never in force while the one who made it lives. Therefore, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and the goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you. And in the same way, he sprinkled both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry with the blood. And according to the law, one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. Therefore, it is necessary for the copies of the things in the heavens to be cleansed with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of a true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor was it that he would offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, and inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment. So Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin, to those who eagerly await him. There's a lot of depth in this scripture. In fact, looking at the old and the new, which I think is very poorly um, translated here. There's a lot in the Bible that you can see where they poorly translate or have poorly translated to dilute, to lessen, to weaken, um, almost making the body stagnant, not active. But regardless of all of that, what you see here is it's the, the showing of the original tabernacle and the way that it was built and the purpose for that, uh, or one of the purposes for that, and then how Jesus Christ came and, and as our, our Savior, our Messiah, the sacrifice for us, how he um, fulfilled some of the things. And it's amazing when you look at the, the truth behind it and the depth that exists there. So... When you have the original tabernacle, of course, you have the outer place that they're describing. That's where all the work's being done to the ministry or for the ministry. That's where people would go and they would uh, offer up their sacrifices. And that's where um, all of those things are taking place. The offerings, the gifts, the sacrifices, and all the work that is being done within the ministry. But that's at the outer area. To go deeper in... Once the tent has been put up, deeper into the Holy of Holies would be the veil. Behind that veil is where only once a year would the high priest go in and offer up the atonement 
for Israel's sins. So the atonement would be the process of being made clean of all the past sins of the last year or or prior that to that if if you hadn't done what needed to be done to be uh, forgiven for last year. So as a family, you would take an animal that would stand in the place as a sacrifice because the blood had to be shed. So you would take a portion of creation, something made in this earth by the creator, and you would take it to the high priest. The high priest would look it over to make sure that it was worthy of sacrifice. And then that earthly, physical being would be sacrificed to cover a whole nother year. Or to cover the past year um, of, of sin to make clean. So, the thing is, the problem isn't a physical problem. Sin isn't a physical problem. Sin isn't a fleshly problem. We justify a lot of our sin through uh, fleshly justifications, which is horrible. But sin is a spiritual problem. So if you look at sin as a spiritual problem and you keep sacrificing all these fleshly, worldly things, you cannot cover the need. So Jesus Christ came down and became man became one of creation so that he could fulfill both. He would be sacrificed to cover as a um, fleshly, worldly, but also fully as a spiritual sacrifice. Because when he died, he went up to, not, not to the back, of, not into the Holy of Holies. He went all the way to heaven. And he took his blood and he put it on the, the horns of the altar as were required to cover a sin, um, a sin offering. He poured out his blood and he put it on the actual spiritual heavenly altar, which satisfied once and for all the spiritual problem. Because the fleshly, worldly solution could only be temporary. And you'd have to do it over and over again. But when Jesus did it spiritually, he did it once and for all. So there's never a need to ever again have any worldly, earthly, fleshly sacrifices. No more blood has to be shed to cover our sins because the one who came down and lived a perfect life without sin he shed his blood to cover our sin forever. The only thing we need is to recognize that, to repent of our sins, and to become a true follower of Christ means accepting the sacrifice that he did and then committing your life in covenant to God to live a life worthy of that sacrifice. And saying to God, I believe that I deserved it, but Jesus took it. And I accept that. And to wear that as your your cloak of righteousness. Putting on the cloak of Jesus. 
which is seen as perfect, even though we fail. But then God said, now that you've done this, he asked a overcoming Christian, overcoming sin, Christian, to live a life now, diligently pursuing perfection, knowing you won't ever achieve it. So when when Jesus healed someone, he told them, rise, pick up your mat, rise, stand, whatever it is. He'd say, your sins are forgiven. Now, sin no more. We make mistakes. We all make mistakes and we all miss that mark. But that doesn't lose that that doesn't take away what Jesus did for us. Because we realize what Jesus did for us, we should turn around and recognize when we fall. Ask for forgiveness. Pick up our mat and live sinning no more. But when we fail and we sin again, repent. Pick up our mat. And continue living. It's a diligence. It's not a perfection. If we live our life. Accepting that Jesus died for our sins. Therefore we can live however we want. We're not diligently pursuing perfection. We are lazily. We are selfishly. Pursuing the flesh. But rather we are called by God to. Give that up. And to say no. I'm going to live my life worthy of the sacrifice that did that Jesus did for me. And I'm going to pursue perfection. And the grace will cover me. The grace that comes from the Father. The grace that's covered by Jesus Christ. The grace will cover me when I fall. So Father, thank you for grace. Thank you that you know that we're not perfect. And even though we strive to be perfect, we'll never achieve it perfectly. But you give us a way to overcome our weaknesses. You give us a way to overcome our failures. And we don't, Father, don't just help us not to to justify our failures and poorly use grace as a reason to feed the flesh. Help us to have the courage to know that when we fall, we're to get back up, we're to repent. And we're to get back up and we're going to continue diligently pursuing you and um, this this goal of being perfect. So um, help us. Help us to live a life pursuing perfection, but worthy of the one who died a perfect, perfect sinless life to cover the sins of our mistakes. Thank you for that sacrifice and thank you for grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today and I hope that uh, that blesses you either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, Maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to to spend with your family 
uh, some time around God's word. And uh, of course, that is great. I love that. And I'd love to hear how uh, the Daily Portion podcast is blessing you. If you would, just go to our website at walkingintruthministries.org and um, go on there and just drop us a little note about uh, this podcast or one of our other podcasts or even just check out the events that we have available. Uh, But again, thank you very much and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we dig into our daily portion with WIT Ministries. God bless. Thank you.